What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the BTR Podcast. This is our NBA trade deadline special. Yeah, well, as promised, as long as there were some trades and good ones, we were going to bring you guys our trade deadline reaction or recap. So we're back. We're here. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. We're literally one away as the time is recording at 400. And before you guys comment that this deadline was dead, do not compare it to the last two years. Because exactly. last two years... It, nothing nothing tops that especially last year especially up. last year yeah. it started off slow when i woke up got on the sky train and stuff started seeing some coming in i think i started off with the heel trade which we'll talk about later but um yeah like then yeah nothing's gonna compare to last year i don't think it ever will <laughs> at least in a long time like that t- the 2019 free agency and last year's trade deadline yeah nothing's gonna compare to that ever except for at least for now yeah <laughs> so yeah i don't know with that being said let's just get right into it we got at least i think it was like I think a total was 20 trades up until the deadline. I think 13 today. Uh, I think it was 13 today. But, you know, we're going to start positive. We're going to talk about our winners first. We got two big winners. In my opinion, the biggest winner is the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks have made some moves. Obviously, they had OG and Anobi, right? They did that trade with the Toronto Precious Raptors Achua. before. Precious Achua. And, and now Malachi they Flynn. added... They, well, they flipped Malachi yes, exactly. Flynn. That's in a transition. Yeah. You pull out, uh, pull out the roster. But Malachi Flynn was a part of that OG trade. They gave away a second, RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. Obviously, two key piece lo- pieces lost, but kept the first intact. Along with Malachi Flynn, they flipped Evan Fournier, finally, his contract and all his complaining. Uh, Ryan Archie Diakono, Quentin Grimes, and two other second-round picks. For Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks, to the who are from the Pacers or uh, Pistons, sorry. And for me, the first is a dub, massive, massive dub, because you add Boyan Bogdanovich, who last year they valued at two first round picks. The Pistons did this year. I think he started off injured, and he can't, he's still averaging twenty points a game, over forty percent three go, uh, three point percentage, um, over forty something percent in in regular field goals as well. Um, Alec Burks, going back to the Knicks, if I'm not mistaken. And Alec Burks is a Knicks legend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a little too far. Okay. Yeah, I know, but to be fair, like, everywhere else he goes, you know, he doesn't do as great. I think he did go to the Mavericks in his career. Yeah, yeah. But when he, when, he, when he plays for the Knicks, this man cooks. Yeah, I mean, his shooting splits aren't the greatest, but again, it's Detroit, so I ain't going to look at their roster comp- at all. But the fact that you only gave up the key piece in this case is just Quentin Grimes, in my opinion. Is massive, right? And on top of that, you keep all your firsts because then next year, like we said in our OKC, OKC video, they have the draft ass, uh, draft um, co- uh, compensations and uh, draft assets, regular assets, along with the Knicks to make a splash, right? In our OKC video, by the way, check that out. Thank you for the support for that. Um, we mentioned Joel Embiid's name. Let's see what happens with him. Uh, other names could potentially be available for si- whether we were signing trades or regular trades as well. But... You didn't lose outside of the OG trade, which you lost two pieces, but you OG fit like a glove. In this trade, you only got rid of Quentin Grimes, and you added two solid pieces who, who are going to help you. So in the total, you basically did a three for de- three deal, yeah. right? RJ gone, Emmanuel quickly gone, and now Quentin Grimes gone. You bring in OG, you bring in Alec Burks, and you bring in Boyan Bogdanovich. And uh, honestly, it's an upgrade for what they had. It's not because like talent wise. Talent-wise, I think is equal level. It's just fit-wise, right? Yeah. RJ's space was getting clogged up by Julius Randle. And to be fair, you're not taking over Julius Randle on that team. 
right? Nobody is other than your as good as Julius J- Randle could shoot the three at times. Yeah, and other than Jalen Brunson, like Julius Randle needs to paint to himself. Yeah, Emmanuel quickly was yeah. That's probably the gut wrenching loss you have. Yeah. Uh, other than that, OG, like you said, fit like a glove. Boyan Antayu, he's gonna fit like a glove, and uh, Alec Burks, uh, six man of the year candidate. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um. The reason why I love this, you you lost Julius Randle. So for now, Boyan Bogdanovich could start and play with him. Maybe they could play together if you want to go big. Um, on top of that, you lose Quentin Grimes, sure. But you bri- you also lose uh, OG Ananobi for three weeks because he had surgery on his injury, which is fine. And then you obviously this, this, these moves help with that. So it's not like you're going to lose people in the stretch run. As well, OG will be back in time just before the playoffs for the stretch run. So right now, like you're, an ideal situation, your lineup might be, uh, you have the roster out, but so tell me if I'm not wrong here. J- Jalen Brunson, let's say o- they go big, put OG, Brunson, uh, um, Bogdanovich, um, Randall, and uh, it's a Hart and Hartenstein because I think Mitchell Robinson's out for the year. Or you push everybody down one, Mitchell, uh, Har- uh, sorry, Isaiah Hartenstein, you go, go a little bit smaller. Hardenstein goes to the bench and you go start Dante DiVincenzo. So you have options. You have uh, versatility there. Yes, Thibodeau might out, uh, you know, give a lot of minutes to a lot of his players. And some, like maybe Alec Brooks might not touch the court from time to time. Hardenstein left today's game with an Achilles injury, I think. What is it, like a serious Achilles injury? I don't know. But like on, according to this, it's like, AD had an Achilles yeah. scare early, earlier this year, and wasn't like a, tear, a situation with a strain or torn uh, as well. But no, overall though, like you see the roster, you see what I'm saying, right? Like they got the depth, they got. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna say Jalen Brunson is a superstar yet, but at least a guy who who is killing it, who's efficient, who could play make as well. You got OG when he comes back, your defensive specialist. You got stretch. Uh, you go stretch the floor with Boyan and uh, OG himself. And then, we you know, because of that stretchability, you could play Julius Randle small ball five when you need to. Honestly, you, and might, he has a thing. you might need to because all three of your centers are on the, are injured. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, so Julius Randle's injured right now. But So, all like all of their big men are injured. That's the only concern for this Knicks team right now. But for me... Their big man health. But everything the, else around them, forwards are sick. Um, Randle's sick, you know... And it'll be sick. Brunson's obviously amazing, right? It just, uh, it just might be a second calling of the 0-4 Pistons right here. This is the run. Twenty years later, we'll see if the Knicks can do a 0-4 Pistons so because that, that's what they're built like. I'm gonna lead that, lead that to it. Before we, we uh, last week when we were talking about this, when we did our uh, trade preview, trade deadline preview, we said I asked you Knicks or Cavs, as good as the Cavs are, one fifteen of their last sixteen, I believe, and. Um, but outside of the the Cavs, you you still said the Knicks overall. How confident are you that the Knicks can make the finals this year? I mean, the thing is this: NBA finals, to be exact. I don't know if that Boston team existed in '04. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> like, was there anyone like that Boston well, team it in was '04? The Lakers in the West, but exactly. So that that's gonna be the main reason I'm gonna say no, because at the end of the day. But like, how confident though on a percentage scale? Percentage? Like how? What's your ratio? They'll, they'll be my third team out of like they'll be my third rank. How confident? They'll are you be my third rank. So I have Celtics first, Bucks sec, like as my second favorite to come out of the East. And the Knicks will be third. How confident are you they could beat the Bucks? Mm, I still have the Bucks. 
I still have the Bucks, but I will. It's definitely if you thought the Bucks would win. It's not. It's not a. It's not a freaking. If you think the Bucks could win in five originally, it's not a five. It's not a sweep. It's a seven gamer for me. It's a six or seven. Yeah. It's a seven gamer for me. Obviously, the difference is one team has a superstar and one team has a superstar caliber player, which is uh, Damian Lillard. And the other side, yes, you. But you have a team. You have that defensive system. We'll talk about the Bucks mini trade in a second. Bucks don't have defense, so who's gonna stop Jalen Brunson? Who's gonna stop? Okay, then who's gonna stop Julius Randle? There's like, no matter what happens, Brunson's not gonna beat us. I don't care who else. That's what they're gonna go like. Yeah, but no, like to be honest, like this is a real chance. A team similar to the Miami Heat in a way, but I would Jimmy Butler emerges in the playoffs. That's why his his status as a superstar, star, all star player is a little weird to me. But outside of that, this is a real chance. Like I will not be surprised. I still have Boston clear cut favorites coming out of the East right now. I will not be surprised if this team beats the Cavs. If this team beats the Bucks right now. Yeah, I'm not, like I'm, the Bucks, Cavs, and the Knicks are clumped into one until I see what Doc Rivers could do with his Bucks team. I'm also, I'm gonna still edge out the Bucks ahead of those two, either Celtics. Yeah, I'm Bucks, giving the respect to Giannis, but two. I will not be. It's like seven gamers. Yeah, yeah, they're close. They're close. I'm not saying it's gonna be, but for me, it's the Celtics, then it's the Bucks, then it's the Cavs and Knicks. And if it's the Celtics and Knicks, it's it's at least a six gamer for me now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I'm more be. confident going into that it's a six-gamer. Before, I could have been like, okay, yeah, definitely five. But, yeah, so overall, the Knicks are my biggest winner. Uh, trade grade for them is, like, their trade is just, like, an A, straight up. The Pistons, obviously, don't don't need to talk about them much. They, Malachi Flynn gets an opportunity there because they waived Killian Hayes as well. Yeah. So this is a chance for Malachi to maybe flourish a little bit, maybe alongside Kate or at least run a six-man role. Quentin Grimes is going to be there. He could start maybe with as a sh- sharpshooter there. Um, Evan Forney is probably a bio candidate probably. I don't know. I think he has one year left. I'm not sure. But yeah. And on top of that, the Knicks keep their picks, first round picks. So if someone does get available, they're very much in the running for that. Because Julia, you pair those picks with Jul- Julius Randle, you're probably good. Because I'm keeping Jalen Brunson. Like he's oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our second winner, the Dallas Mavericks. They made... Two massive trades. Two massive big trades. trades. Yeah, I want to say like massive, but like big trades because they've they've been skidding a little bit as as of late. As good as Luca and Kyrie have been playing, injuries were a factor because um, Derek Lively was injured. So to address that, they make a trade with the Washington Wizards, f- and it's Rashawn Holmes and a first round pick of twenty twenty four. That first round pick will be most favorable from OKC or the Clippers uh, for Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford on from. Um, is like an underrated piece, underrated. Uh, sorry, underrated big in the league because he's just gonna do his role, get rebounds, put them back, or give it out to Luca or Kyrie for second chance opportunities. Yeah, and he's like sixty two percent from the field, which is obviously Gaffer- he just gets the rebound. He can just go up with it himself. Gaffer is just a classic big, right? Yeah, and uh, the the Mavericks, all they're missing is just they just need help when it comes to anything other than offense. <laughs> yeah, basically, right? Because you already know who your offensive stars are. They're gonna do their job. They've been doing their job, and you can't win games. So we know what the issue is dumb defensively. And Derek Lively, so as well as he played, he's injured now. It's a lot of pressure on a rookie, and he's been he's lived up to it. Yeah, as that defensive guy, that like you know, that's a W rebounding pick, guy. That W pick for the Mavericks, everyone was saying he lived up to that, and he's been incredible defensively. But a lot of pressure on the rookie because legit, he's your only defense. Yeah, and yeah, you know, Gafford fills that role. He'll he'll rim protect, but he, most importantly, he'll get rebounds and. He will, like I said, he could go up with it himself or he could just um, 
give it back and give it back to Luka or Kyrie or whoever's open on the wing for an open three. Um, on top of that, it's the Washington team that's not that great, and he's putting up these numbers. He, obviously, he gets a lot of rebounds because the team's not that great, so you're going to get rebounds, and he's proving that. Yeah, he, it's like a 10 and 6 or 7 at the moment, but yeah, like that, it fits like a glove. So, obviously, Mavericks, if they want to be serious contenders this year, this will help them for sure in the playoff time. I'm not sure how much Gafford... I don't think Gafford has much playoff experience because he went from the Bulls to the Wizards, if I'm not mistaken. Probably not. Um, Yeah, so that being said, though, that's a great pickup for the Mavs, along with P.J. Washington from the Hornets. He got traded for Grant Williams, who they just signed in a sign-in trade, I believe, in the offseason, for and Seth Curry... And a first-round pick from 2027 of the Mavericks. Seth Curry, potential bio candidate, which we'll talk about later. Uh, yeah, P.J. Washington, again, he's a, he's an up-and-down player. He, he isn't, like, your, like, I think he was a lottery pick. He wasn't, like, in, or, or he was a first-round pick. Again, it's the Hornets. I, I'm taking everything Hornets are involved in with a grain of salt because I know his, his shooting splits aren't the greatest. But you, when you play with better... I know LaMelo Ball was there this year. But outside of LaMelo Ball, you're going to be playing with Kyrie Irving. And you're going to play with Luka Doncic. And guess what's going to end up happening? You're going to have open shots on the floor. Oh, whether yeah. he starts or whether he's off the bench. I think he's off the bench. But yeah. I yeah, know. P.J. Washington is going gonna, is gonna to be an upgrade. No matter what. Right? P.J. Washington, yes, hasn't... Has he lived up to his hype in uh, Charlotte? No. Then again, it's Charlotte. <laughs> Right with the Mavericks, it's always good. Like for a guy who's been struggling, right, to like have a reduced role, right, to focus on one or two things that you're good at, and that's gonna help you propel. And that's what's gonna happen with Gafford, and it's gonna happen with PJ Washington. Yeah, so uh, they got moves that fit them like a glove. Luca's still gonna be high usage. Rate. Kyrie is still your clutch player. Both of you have two clutch, pl- two of the clutchest players in the league and probably history, because obviously everybody knows that. Biggest shot in Cavs history went to Kyrie Irving. So, yeah, um, Mavericks right now, like they're standing wise, they were they were in the playing spot. I'm comfortable saying that, assuming everything goes well, they should be in the top six at the minimum. Uh, I, um, like I could see the Pelicans falling down a little bit, and they should be comfortably in the top six in my opinion. And they're only a game and a half out. They're seven games off first, so that's a little different story. But at least like a top four, top five. They should be comfortably in there as long as they're healthy. Yeah. There's only one thing we can't say comfortably. Last year, they traded for Kyrie Irving. And we're like, okay, yeah, they're, they're, they're making the playoffs. No, they're not, they didn't trade anyone with Kyrie Irving's caliber. It's people that fit them, That's <laughs> if true. anything, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, to our two biggest winners, ironically, played today as well. Uh, obviously, shorthanded. The Knicks ended up losing pretty badly. Because they, uh, they played Brunson each other, I'm pretty play. sure. Huh? That's played. what I said. They played each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so those are our winners by far. I think they had the best trade deadline. This includes previous trades as well. So let's see how it, how these two teams do. Obviously, I still have the, obviously the Celtics are out of the East. I still have the Celtics, and you said the Bucks ahead of the Knicks, but the Bucks are slightly. The Mavs, you still have a couple of teams ahead, but I still think they could go head-to-head against every team, but the... Maybe not the Clippers. At the Clippers are the only questionable team that they could go against. Up, like, qu- like for me, the Clippers are by far the best team in the yeah, West. Yeah, they are. They are. So I mean, they, they they've proven it. Other than last game, they've they've went on their incredible run. Yeah, right. James Harden was right. Like they say, it won't give us time to figure it out. <laughs> he he got his time. And that's why I'm giving the Bucks a little bit of respect because 
Doc Rivers is going to figure out certain things as well. So, yeah, um, I think one was the thing, one of the stories was like they had to figure out defensively and Doc implemented this new defense that they learned for only one practice, but then they use it in a game and it actually worked really well for them. Yes, I know the Bucks have been really bad. Don't get me wrong. But there's the players are showing signs of like, you know, they're giving, they're giving us signs that, you know, they could turn it around type of thing and show us who they really are. Yeah. So let's go. Let's talk about the flip side. Let's talk about our biggest losers that were that were involved in trades. For me, it's still the Brooklyn Nets. By far and away, it's the Brooklyn Nets. They were part of two trades. One was a three-teamer, which we'll talk about in a second. The first one was involving your team, which was a weird trade. Of, the weirdest trade of the day was by, by far that one for me. It was Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young straight up for Spencer Dinwiddie. The Raptors will reportedly uh, reportedly plan on waiving Dinwiddie as well. First of all, as a from the as a Raptor fan, since you're are you're literally wearing their hoodie, what's your reaction? Uh, cap dump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cap dump. <laughs> what else is it gonna be? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing to react about. Like you know, they 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 create space. You know, they're creating they created money. That's all they need to do. Yeah, Dinwiddie is an expiring contract this year, anyways. Shorter still had one more year. I don't know. I think I think that thirteen was million. Uh, yeah, I think that was up to expiring as Dennis well. Yeah. was thirteen million for next year. Then Dinwiddie this year was at twenty million, so higher money this year. But again, you lose that twenty million next year. So yeah, for the Raptors, cap dump. We'll talk about their other trade after. But for the Nets, man, like, what's the point? Like, what are you doing here? I I don't understand it because your second trade. Involves a three-teamer. We'll, t- we'll talk about the Nets' perspective. They traded away Royce O'Neal to the Suns. Um, Grizzlies were the third team. They traded away David Roddy to the Suns. The Grizzlies received Utah Watanabe, Shemezi Metu, pick swap with Phoenix. Nets received Keita Bates, D-Up, Jordan Goodwin, and three seconds. That package, that's that's fair, right? Because you're going to... Royce O'Neal was, uh, was valuable to many teams. He's a good 3 and D player, big physical guy that will be gritty. Perfect fit, for the, for, perfect fit for the Suns. We'll talk about that later. But for the Nets, that one, don't mind the package. Keita Bates, D-Up, he's eh right now, right? Like he doesn't really play. On a, re- a roster that has depth, he might not even play much. With the Suns, he got to play because of their... They, they didn't have, have no depth. They didn't have the depth. Jordan Goodwin, I don't. I think he was. didn't have the great year of the Suns. I think he was good with the Wizards in the um, preseason when he was... Or offseason when he was part of that Bradley Beal trade. And you got three seconds. Fair. Why do you need Dennis Schroeder at that young? Why do you not trade Mikael Bridges when you, you have the opportunity to? And you could have traded, uh, you, uh, you, at least you traded away Spencer Dinwiddie, but you bring in Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't get it because they have no direction. Listen, right? there's the same issue as uh, the Raptors. Last year, you traded Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Which, what, what does it scream to you? They're done. They're cooked. Like They're rebuilding. The, yeah, exactly. Right. You get Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, sure. Bring their value up. They're perfect pieces to trade at the deadline or in the offseason. You don't do that. You literally said Mikel Bridges is untouchable. In our opinion, we said it many times before, Miguel Bridges is at least a, an, on a good championship team, probably... Third option. Third option, sec, or a 2A, 2B option, right? That's the best way I could put it. You were getting... And he's valuable, though. Those guys are valuable. How uh, He was a defensive player of the year finalist one year. I think the year the Suns made it to the finals or the year after that. And then on top of that, he could shoot the ball pretty well, especially from the corner. That's valuable in today's league, right? 
He's under contract for a couple more years. You were offered four or five picks. Maybe you could have done the Raptors OG trade and get some type of return, young pieces in return to start your rebuild around. Instead, you keep him. You're out of a play-in spot currently. You might get lucky and get in if you're banking on the Sixers to fall off a cliff completely. And um, But you add Dennis Schroeder. Who are you really going to mentor there with Dennis Schroeder, if that's the case? Dad Young is a good piece to have on any team because he's just that dude. Right, as a Raptor fan, you saw him. Like he's always a professional. I mean, whenever he doesn't play, he doesn't complain like a little bitch. He comes back. On, he literally, when you have injuries with Jonte and you, uh, Juperto, he played well for you guys. Like yesterday, yeah, I think he, he played did. well yeah, for you guys. So like, I don't mind that young, but I just don't understand why you're not trading away some of your pieces that you have. You traded one in Royce O'Neal. Why not trade Mikael Bridges and just go full out, full fledged rebuild? And yeah, at this point, we're like, we're just saying the same thing over and over again because yeah. we're so confused. Right, like pick something and deal with it because not right now you're just in the in no man's land, right? Like there's no point of being a on ten seed playing and getting out in the first or even getting out. There's no point of getting out in the plane, right? And you're not making it out of the plane first of all, and you're not even in the plane right now. So there's no point of being the eleven seed, right? There's there's no value for that, and uh, it's it's just best to take the thunder approach, right? The thunder got rid of George and Westbrook. Right, the Thunder got rid of Chris Paul, right? Mikael Bridges is your Chris Paul. You got him from Ke- from the Suns. The Get rid of him. The difference is that one team had Shea, and this team doesn't even. Ha- this team has to find their Shea. They have to find their Shea, yeah. So, yeah, that's all I have to say, right? Like, because uh, at this point, if I say something, it'll be the same thing that you just said. So, yeah. there's no point in me saying anything because it just there's no lack of just lack of direction, and uh, I've experienced that as a fan already. Yeah, not nothing much to say. Like, we'll move on. We'll stick with. Stick with the Suns here. Go back to the flip side. Not saying they're a winner, obviously, but they they did a move that helps them. Well, they add size with David Roddy, but the the key thing is they add a gritty player reunited with Kevin Durant and Royce O'Neal. We've seen Royce O'Neal in playoff settings, just be that dude, like a three and D guy, just that gritty guy, be that um, dog. Right, fight for every ball, loose ball, every possible. That's what they need. They need like that physicality. That's the word I was looking for. And if it's whether he starts or not, he fits them well. Right, you have your three main guys. Pair him. He's one of your. If you want to start him, he's one of your fours. And whoever you're starting on center and oh, you know, it works. That works. Right? Yeah, it's a good fit. A good player that literally every, fits like a glove. Yeah, a good player. He's gonna fit in every team. Yeah, right? that type of play style. That three and D is gonna fit in every team. Physicality is gonna fit in every team. Hustle is gonna fit in every team. No matter what type of player you are, if you have those qualities, you're going to fit in any any team. Exactly. And uh, all they had to do was get rid of their seconds, right? They lost KW to D up and Jordan Goodwin and Utah Watanabe, which I hope he could find a different spot. I don't think he gets bought out because he's a good shoot three-point shooter. I don't know how his numbers are this year, but last year with the Nets, he wasn't like one of the top three-point shooters yeah. in the league. But yeah, nothing much about the Suns. Suns are improving. Their big three are playing. I, w- I hope, and for the Suns fans, like, I wish they got... Like, again, a Tyus Jones type guy, whoever if he was available, maybe they pick up a Killian Hayes and see how it works out. Mm-hmm. Just in, like, a low-risk, uh, high they reward. C- they can't get, like, a Lowry, right? They're not allowed? I don't think they are. There, yeah. there are. there are restrictions to that. We might talk about that in a later podcast, but we'll talk about the bio candidates later. Yeah. But, yeah, they're one of the teams that are kind of capped out that they can't get Kyle Lowry or anyone who could be available on that list that you're going to say later. But, yeah, that's the Sun side of things. Grizzlies, not to say much. You guys are out they're of finished. it. Their whole team was injured. Exactly. I think the Sun against the or Celtics literally they had eight guys playing. Scottie Pippen Jr. would let them in points. 
That's crazy. So <laughs> I think the only guy that played was um, Luke Kennard. I think uh, on top of my head. Yeah. Mainly like out of the current ro- um, rotation. That makes sense. Luke Kennard will be. Uh, going back to the Raptors, they made another trade. Little confusing trade for me. Uh, one of the there was, this was a second trade of the day. Kelly Olynyk goes back home to Canada. He's from Kamloops though, so I can't say fully home either. Um, with Ochaiok Baji for Kira Lewis and a first round pick. That first round pick will be the least favorable from OKC, Ch- Clippers, Houston, Utah, which I'm assuming it's going to be the Clippers. At the current odds, is the 29th pick of the draft, which is the Clippers. Yeah, probably. Or OKC because they're both the, the whoever. Yeah, record. whoever's there. And then, yeah, Raptor fan. Yeah, um, I was confused. Don't get me wrong. Am I pissed off this happened? No. Um, am I happy? No. Either. Um, I'm excited to see Agbaji. Um, I do believe in this Raptors development system. I'm pretty sure a lot of people do, right? Like, look to we produce from being freaking... Like, Pascal Siakam didn't play basketball until he was, like, late teens. Yeah. And look what he is now, right? So, I do believe in that. And I do like that we added Agbaji. What I don't like... Is that did we really need to get rid of that first? What I do like, that first at the end of the day doesn't mean anything to me anyways. But at the end of the day, when you're a rebuilding team, you want to accumulate as many first round picks, no matter how shit this draft class is or not. You could always find a hidden gem. But yeah, um, it's we didn't give up anything too significant. But at the same time, I don't think it required a first round pick. So Raptors fans have PTSD because when they see first round pick, Darius Young, Yusuf Nurkic, or um, sorry, Jakob Pertl, and now this, right? I'm gonna disagree with you slightly. Um, it depends also. Like, I don't think you should be. Uh, first of all, I don't know. I think I don't know if Kelly Olynyk just wants to play at home for a little bit. Kelly Olynyk is valuable for a team like the Lakers or any championship team because of his stretch, stretchability. So if you guys re-sign him, I don't think. I don't understand no, that. I, I wouldn't understand that at all. But for the pick, though, I do disagree with you slightly. Here's the reason why. I understand it's a weak draft class, and I know Masai is saying Masai staying true to uh, is saying staying true to what he's saying, <laughs> staying true to what he's saying because he said I think in his press conference that you know he doesn't plan on keeping all three of these picks. Obviously, he traded the one away. The reason why I disagree is because you get more control of a rookie, right? Like you said, pa- Pascal Siakam was projected second round pick. You took him late in the first, who played basketball late, and you developed him well, right? Why not keep the pick? I understand it did not work out with Malachi Flynn. And it's, let's see what happens with Grady Dick. But Malachi Flynn was the later pick. It worked out with OG. Why not get the pick, develop him, and when we get to the OKC trade a second, you could use it. Either you he's a good rotational piece, like OG Ananobi was, and what Pascal Siakam ended up becoming higher than a rotational piece. Or you could use that trade, like you develop a guy, and you could trade him in the future, Right? Because when you look at the uh, a pick alone, like you said, you don't care. But if you could develop that player, like how OKC did with Trey Mann, for example, when we talk about that trade next, that I think is more valuable than on trading the pick in that sense. But how much is it like that? You have to start from ground. Step one. True. Right. The basement level. I, and I Ochai get that. is already. I'm I'm saying you still get here. a Baji, but don't give away a pick. Maybe well, yeah, like, with two seconds. I, I just said that. Yeah. I said, did it require a first? That's I, that's I, the I part no. that's annoying me because yeah. you're not getting a guy like Agbaji's not quickly or Barrett even. Yeah. Right. He's not. He's not that guy yet. He's, but per, Agbaji had 
shown potential, especially in the college level. Exactly. Right? He's a national champion. He was one of the leaders in that Kansas team. I get that. Right. So there is something to work with a Gabaji. That's what I'm trying to say here. Right. Whereas that pick, right, what you did with Malachi Flynn, it felt like there was nothing to work with. And obviously, that's, but that's one though. That's what I'm saying. You have so, such so many big success stories. Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. That's four right there. Jakob Pertl. Right? So that's my point. I'm saying um, you didn't have... Yeah, if... Because if, I think Danny Ainge fleeced you guys a little bit because he got a pick out of it. Right? I, I, yeah, it's not as bad as people think. People are saying that you didn't lose anyone key in this trade as well because Kira Lewis is not going to play for you guys. And uh, I thought you guys did lose Otto Porter. I don't know. He's not on this. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's not on the trade anymore. I thought he was. I thought he was. Okay. I thought, okay, based on the score here, you could double check if you want to check the facts quickly. But even if it was, if Otto Porter is part of this trade, he wasn't, he was injured, right? So I get that standpoint. I understand that, like, you still want to have some winning culture because you don't want to be a team that, like, loses all the time. Scotty Barnes is now the guy. Can he be that guy? Time will tell. That's on him and your guys' development. I just think if you could keep the pick, I would take a flyer on your... Trust your scouting department. Pick a guy. Malachi Flynn was just one guy. You have a success stories. Many of them. Why not use it? Take it to your advantage. If that's... And you have more control over Agbaji. For example, if if it was if this trade was gonna fall through because there was no first round pick, then I slightly disagree. I disagree with it, for sure. But like to your point, I'm not gonna disagree too much. You guys chose to go a player that has some type of um, experience Past in the history. league. Yeah, history experience in the league that you could develop. He was supposed to be a three and D guy. The offense hasn't been there. The defense he has shown flashes to be a guy. He ain't gonna be your OG Ananobi. Let's see if the Raptors can turn him into that. But it's gonna be tough. That's all I got to say about this trade. Yeah, let's move on. That's, um, I'm happy. I think Agbaji could be a good piece. At the same time, I don't know why we got rid of You get what first. I'm saying, though, with the pick. Yeah, like I said that yeah. already as well. Like, that's okay, so since I mentioned OKC a lot, let's just go to that trade before we go to the Philly side of things here. Go, they, finally, they, did a bit, they used some of those pieces. They still didn't trade away at first. So they're giving away Trey Mann, Davis Bertans, um... Uh, I don't know how to say this name. Vasily Micic. Uh, some yeah, guy from I can't, Europe. I can't help you there. And two future second round picks for Gordon Hayward. First glance, without even looking, I'm like, I love it. Right? I love it for OKC. I wish that this was a team that went after Gafford. It would have been the perfect fit for me. But Gordon Hayward, obviously, again, Charlotte, I don't care. He's not going to be this. Listen. Some of these guys are not going to be what they were a few years ago. Gordon Hayward is a guy that had a serious leg injury, and he bounced back in his third year with the um, Celtics before signing and finessing another $30 million contract with the Hornets. He ain't going to be what his all-star self was with uh, Utah. We know that. Yeah. But getting a guy that's playing with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and I get it, he had LaMelo Ball, but last year, LaMelo Ball was injured for most of the year. This year, his numbers are down. It's his worst of his career, I think, outside of maybe his rookie year from when I saw the thing is, you're pairing him. Your lineup right now is Shea. I'm moving Giddy to the bench, and I'm putting Lou at the two. You put Hayward at the three, J-Dub at the four, and you got Chet at the five, right? You add a guy who has playoff experience. You add a guy who's a veteran, who could, uh, who's a 3 and D guy himself that, that he's good at. He's and a good defensive player. And a guy who could 
Even like, listen, I know Shea has playoff experience, but not as the guy, right? Gordon Hayward, he may not have been the guy. For, I don't know if he was the guy in Utah when he in those playoff series. I'm not sure if that was the pre Donovan Mitchell or what the case was, but even in like he knows how to win. He was part of those Boston teams that that didn't go. F- ultimately, he didn't go far. I think the one year was the Kyrie Irving drama year, and the next year was was he in the bubble? Did you remember no, the Raptors? He was in the bubble? The bubble. So the bubble year, right? He knows how to get far. He could a guy like J Dub. He could definitely uh, help um, and Lou Dort even help mold. I just think it's a good fit from a team as a perspective. He's on a winning team. He'll be motivated, and on top of that, you have a um, what's the word? The vet. Yeah. So he's a good vet. He's at the end of the day, right? Like he's he's in a better situation, which is gonna help him. Yeah. Gordon Hayward can create his own shot too. Yeah. Right? He's not strictly 3 and D. Like, yeah. He was known to create his he own shot. He might be more now. Yeah, obviously yeah. now, age and like, old... Injuries and all that. Injuries and... Ability. And age, ability, whatever. I think the build... I don't think the ability is not. I think it's just injuries and age. Yeah. Right? We, we don't see that anymore. But I... It's as simple as this, right? Like, they will hit if he even turns back the clock like a year or two. Right? Like, if he finds a way to be that third-year Celtic guy... You know, like how he was. Even yeah. if the bubble bubble year. Yeah, the bubble year. Yeah, so if you could find a way to do that, it's a great addition. It's a great addition in general for these uh, this young team. And uh, you, we could we could potentially see a production out of Gordon Hayward as well. Yeah, and I won't be surprised if we do. Yeah, I'm not saying, uh, uh, do not expect him to be Utah. That's all Oh, I'm yeah, saying. that's not happening. Right? But I, happening. I feel like it's a good fit. He's going to be the motivated young team. He got the coach of the year, in my opinion, Mark Dagnall. Bro, coaching. like, think about this, right? Like, Gordon Hayward had a couple good years in Boston, right? Obviously, the injury kind of ruined his Boston career, the Boston portion of it. Gordon Hayward was, like, the third or fourth guy. Yeah. Like he is now for yeah, the Thunder he's the third team. guy for sure. Third a, guy for sure. He's the fourth guy. Who's the third? J-Dog. Oh well, yeah, I'm saying he'll share the third. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm saying third guy for sure, for sure. Yeah, so he's the fourth guy in my books, and he's been in that role too. Yeah, he's been like he knows what he's doing. That's that's what we're gonna say. Yeah, so like I I like the fit. I wish they could have gone a big to back up Chet or even pair with Chet at the minimum. Maybe buyout market. We'll talk about that in a second. We'll see who's available there. But yeah, I I don't mind it. Gordon Hayward is back in a winning situation, right? And uh, yeah. They, and they still have their first, like I said, with the Knicks, they could make a splash or get you know even more yeah, quality like the, role players. This is a, in the offseason. They didn't even put a dent into the amount of assets they still have. Right, Trey Mann's the only guy you lost. Exactly. Right, and yeah, yeah as good as he was, he was not. He wasn't playing the floor much. He wasn't playing. Yeah, and he couldn't because he had so many. And he, listen, Trey Mann's gonna flourish, and it's like a win-win trade. Trey Mann will flourish in the Hornets. Yeah, like he'll just get, be the one of the not like, the guy, but like he'll be the guy with. Like, um, you had Shea ahead of him. You had Lou Dora ahead of him. You had Josh Giddy ahead of him. You're not yeah. playing at the end. You're not going to play much. But, yeah, that's our thoughts. I'm happy for OKC. At least they made a move. Uh, not, and to your point, you didn't want them to make a splash now unless it was someone who was actually I, like available. Give them, give them a run, you know? Yeah. And there's no one really This is available. the perfect piece to add. Yeah. One of the type of pieces I, lo- I wanted to see them add. Exactly, in the day. yeah. Let's talk about a trade that started off the day. Philadelphia 76ers, who are going to be without Joel Embiid. Let's see what they do. They ended up trading for Buddy Heald, for Marcus Morris, for Con Korkmaz, 2024 second round pick via Raptors, 2029 second round pick via the Clippers, and another one same year for from the Trailblazers and $1.5 million in cash. So, 
Also. Pacers reportedly will waive um, fork on Cork Moss. Yeah. Um, but he healed. Shooter. Shooter, right? He's going to fit. No matter where. He's going to fit anywhere. I and just that, think with this thing. team, they just they have no, their defense goes away. With because Buddy Hill's not a defender, right? And we're yeah. gonna we're gonna talk about the Pacers side of things because they did a very good follow up trade yeah, to yeah. address this. Buddy Hill's a shooter. If this was all they're gonna take, to, if this was all it was gonna take for the Lakers, I wish they could have made a simil- some type of move. To, I feel like any to. team could have done this. I've, yeah, I, I feel like every team that 100%. need a shooting could have done the this. The thing is, like again, you're not gonna f- he's not gonna fill Joel Joel Embiid. No one's right? gonna fill Joel Embiid. The thing is, like I said, he's gonna be there. He'll help with the shooting side of things. Hopefully, he is one of the best three-point shooters in history. Like, yeah. let's just say that. Multi- I think he won multiple three-point contests, if I'm not mistaken. At least one. For sure, one. But I think he... Uh, but on the same, on the flip side, you lose defense in the backcourt. I don't know if... I don't think Maxi's like, the greatest defender. He's not. <laughs> so, that's where you have to figure out. I wish you could have addressed the big man a little bit more. Now, again, they're going to be bio candidates, for sure, because they made another trade to free up some space, which was Daniel House... Um, and a second round pick from the Knicks from this year, cash considerations. Um, and might as well say to say their third trade as and well to the Sixers. Yeah, and then uh, and to the to the Pistons. Sorry for a second round pick, right? And the third trade they made, which this is where they lost the defense, is Patrick Beverly, which I gotta laugh at his face soon. Um, Patrick Beverly for straight up Cameron Payne and a second round pick. We'll talk about the Bucks in a second. So yeah, they lose defense. Patrick Beverly wasn't playing that bad for the last couple of games. He was apparently told that he ain't going to get traded. Daryl Morey trades his ass. James Harden might be telling the truth at that point if Daryl Morey's a liar. Patrick Beverly, the guy was saying like, oh yeah, look where me and Russ are now. We're in the top teams. Now to be fair, he's still in the Bucks. But people, he also forgets that we traded you guys and we made the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> Just remember yeah. that as well. But yeah, on the, on the they, listen, to stay afloat, I'm fine with the move. They had to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, um, they were just like, like, how do we get this pressure off of Maxi to score the ball every time? They did that, right? They found a way to do that. Yes, obviously, is it the positional fit, right? Is it the big man we expected? No. But at the end of the day, you got scorers, right? And the you got people, is Maxie, people who shoot the ball. Maxi's a catch and sh- Sorry, not Maxi. Um, Heel's a three-point three shooter. I don't think he's a scorer necessarily, like off the dribble. Yeah, no, but like... Who is Maxi gonna pass the ball to? True, but the problem before is, and who's gonna pass the ball to now? This is good when Embiid comes back. It's a perfect thing. Yeah. Perfect trade if, if Embiid comes back. Embiid's coming year. back this year. I'm fully confident in that. Okay, it depends. Obviously, it's caveat. It depends on how he does with the um, how he goes with his health. First of all, and how fall, if they do fall out of the standings, we'll see. Right, that's the caveat for sure. But for if Embiid does come, assuming Embiid comes back, perfect trade. If he doesn't, it's like, okay, is he going to really get open looks? Like, are you going to really double Maxi every possession? Unless he's hot. If he's sure. hot, yeah. But other outside of that, it's not like Embiid, right? So that's it, the they're, thing. They're going to stay, they're not falling off. Pacer side of things, though, um, they flip Marcus Morris, who is now going to get bought out. Which is funny because he remember he was supposed to sign with the Spurs and he snaked them for the Knicks. Yeah. So he ended up going back to the Spurs. With a second round pick, and the Pacers receive Doug McDermott. Love it. You you get so much in return for Buddy Hill, who's more valuable. Dougie McBuckets is a nickname for a reason. He could shoot the lights out of the ball. You pretty much direct replacement there. It's a similar type, in my opinion, similar type player. The defense is going to be the same. Is he coming back? 
Is he? Was he a former Pacer? I don't remember that. But I feel like he was. I'll, I'll check that. Unless but yeah, otherwise, like I think that's a good business from them. Just similar player, just bring him back. Uh, um, yeah. If he if he's bringing back, I think is he's he uh, he again. I don't know what his three point percentage is, but I think he should be fine, for sure. So is that all the trades, or are we missing no, more? We're missing. Still? We're still talking more. Like, before we get into the buyouts. No, uh, we're talking about the we gotta talk about the Bucks perspective. Oh yeah, Bucks perspective. Trade. All right. Uh, yeah, he went back to Indy. Yeah, it was Indy San uh, San Antonio back to Indy. Yeah. So Bucks perspective of the Beverly Cameron Page trade, uh, well done. Right. Um, uh, you added something that you didn't have, and uh, defense and grit. Is is Pat Beverly gonna save your defensive woes? No, he's not. He's not Drew Holiday. He's he's way. not he's not gonna lock down the number one guy. But he is better than whatever you have. And Pat Patrick Beverly won't lock down anyone. But he'll definitely slow some people down. That is for sure. Yeah. So Box also traded away Robin Lopez. Literally says to be determined. We don't even know what they're getting <laughs> at this point. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think it's a good fit. You need the defense. You need the grid on the perimeter. You get that with Patrick Beverly. Is he going to start? I don't know. Let's see, though. But a couple of things before we talk about the players that did not get traded and the buyout candidacy. Here, uh, the rest of the trades are small. Unless I'm, I'll double check if I'm missing anything here. Um, would you call it? So we talked about the Raptors, Mavs, Raptors, Mavs against Suns. Um, I think we got it all. I think we got it all. Yeah. Celtics pick up Springer. That's, nothing. That's nothing. Nothing. Crazy. More. So, that's just a roster spot available for the Sixers. Yeah. So um, your boy Canadian got traded. Delano Batten. <laughs> Yeah, so nothing. nothing. Let's, let's not. Uh, okay, let's talk about the one loser I have. They made a trade, but nothing. One of the losers I have is the Golden State Warriors. The only trade they made was Corey Joseph for a second round pick. So nothing even helped them. They gave away someone. Listen, I, we I went we went on a tangent last time, a little bit of a rant about how this team with Steph Curry will always be considered at least a con- not a contender fully, but should be. In the mix. It's always in the mix. It will always be in the mix. There will always be in the mix. Clay Thompson, however, recently has been struggling so much. They will they will always be in the mix, except for this year. Yeah. <laughs> They're not in the mix. They did not make any moves. They're not I'm in the mix. I'm seeing Warriors fans <laughs> pissed. Obviously, bad timing because they just beat the Pacers. Curry had a great game, but then Curry, the game before, had nine points himself. Right? As good as Curry is, he's not going to be always shooting lights out from three or whatever the case may be. Especially if the if you're gonna just box and one his ass, <laughs> if that's the case, game Bro, you're gonna go. It's it's over. Problem is, it is over. And they're the biggest loser because you didn't add anything to help them, even if it's small pieces that we mentioned, right? Um, like I would have loved them to, you know, call the Raptors or maybe a Bruce Brown or whatever, or even like bring back the Royce O'Neal trade, even like because like listen, Clay Thompson is not valuable anymore at this point. Wiggins is not valuable. The one valuable piece, you might not even want to trade him because he's been your second best player this year in Jonathan Kuminga. Right? Fair to say? You can't get rid of Kuminga for that anyway. Exactly. Anymore, yeah. right? Before, you could have gotten rid of Kuminga if you wanted to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like even like those some of those Mavs trades, I'm not gonna, like Boyan Bogdanovich would have been a good fit here just to help out a little bit. All right. Long story short, they are going to get cooked. And they are getting cooked already. And uh, we obviously rambled a lot about these Warriors, like how we needed to, they need to make a move. They need to do something, right? They still have a chance. Steph Curry. Yeah, they cooked him. Uh, honestly, at this rate, you might as well trade Curry because you didn't do anything for him, right? Like, what the hell is the point? 
Yeah. Well, what is the point? So hopefully in the off season you guys figure some stuff out because there's no way you should like obviously they're not gonna get rid of Curry. I don't think Curry will leave himself. There's no point too because he's already yeah, no, a but champion. Like, but the thing is this, right? You didn't do anything to help him. Yeah. Why is he gonna be happy? Exactly. Why? Why? He has a reason. I anticipate. I'm Steve not saying Curry's getting traded, but you're giving a reason. I anticipate Steve Kerr might step down himself in the offseason. That's what I'm going at. But another loser I have, and let's talk about the players and teams that did not make moves. One of them being the Chicago Bulls. They had Alex Caruso untouchable. Make that make sense to me. Yeah. By the way, the Chicago Bulls did not make a trade in the trade deadline for the last, I don't know, how many years. Yeah, you know, like... I think Vucevic was like... A couple of like it was in season if I'm not mistaken. And not at the deadline, right? Not at the deadline though. Alex Crusoe is one of the goats of this, of the sport. Okay. Yeah, on the meme side, uh, yeah, uh, I don't understand. You got Demar Derozan, who is either gonna go for free or you're gonna pay forty million dollars to. Yeah. Right for a 34 year old. I love Demar. Don't be wrong. In reasons why I love Demar, but he is valuable. He. Demar is a good piece, right? You should go, you could have gotten something out of Demar, and Caruso he's so for sure. He's not he's not a piece that you're gonna pay forty million dollars to. Yeah, right. So th- he's gone for free, or you're paying him forty million dollars. So you're ca- sc- you're screwed either way. Yeah. Obviously, Zach Levine. We can't even mention that because he's injured, so no one's gonna trade for him. Alex Crusoe. and Andre Drummond and Andre Drummond. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't. I do not know. Again, you're a playing team. I get it. Again, are you going to do much in the playoffs? No. King of the fourth quarter himself, who's a big Bulls fan, is pissed. He dropped a video. I'm like, I don't get it. Literally, I think that's what it's called. And I genuinely don't. I genuinely don't. You would have gotten so much for Crusoe if you were able to trade him. But they're overvaluing some of these pieces as well. Right? I think they were looking for like two or three firsts for Crusoe alone. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Uh, Crusoe has been an incredible year. I, th- I do believe you would have gotten a first for Crusoe. Yeah. Not two or three. Yeah. Right? And... Uh, Pick a direction, man. Yeah. Right? Like, I thought the Raptors are the only one. Now I see the Brooklyn Nets. Now I see the Chicago Bulls doing the same things. Right? I've legit lived it as a Raptor fan. It's it's not it's not fun. It's generally not fun because yeah. you're seeing a half-assed product on the court and then you're seeing nothing being changed off the court and you're going to see the same half-assed product again for the next two or three years. Yeah. Right? Nothing's going to change if you're doing this shit. Right? Crusoe's ain't going to win you a chip. Right? DeRozan, he's not going to win you a chip. Crusoe's not even a third option on a championship team. Yeah, Crusoe just, he's the fifth guy on, he's the fifth starter that just yeah. plugs in the, plugs the in defense. the starting five just for defense. And, and a, then closes up a, games on def- if winning. If winning. And then this year, if you, if looking at it this year's perspective, could have hit the three ball. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, still, that's ultimately one of the biggest losers along with the Nets and the Warriors. Another team that did not make a trade, but they're not a loser and I don't mind is my Lakers, and might as well talk about them because I'm a fan. Um, Screw the Lakers. You get talked about it off. Nah. <laughs> no. For me, I need to talk about them. They got a revolution. I need to talk about them. That's the difference. Screw the Lakers. Here's the thing. I saw this tweet, no trade is better than a bad trade. And I fully agree with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not saying... like In this case, last year, a no trade was probably a bad trade for the most part, right? With the rest of the situation. This year, like I said to you many times... I wish, I hope they could have added a defender if they could. Obviously, Caruso was the guy I would have loved to have because of Vanderbilt's injury. But 
for me, there's no point forcing a trade. I knew they were, it was going to be tough for them to make a trade today because Kobe Bryant, one of his three statues were was announced. So I don't know how much they were really looking at the trade. Well, I'm sure they did it after the deadline, so I'm sure Planko was still working the phones. It would be very incompetent to him not to do his job if that was the case. Yeah. But outside of that, like, I don't mind it. Right? They, they were playing well the last couple of games. Let's see, they're playing the Nuggets right now. I just, I hope it worked. I hope the coaching and the players' mentality fixes things. Like, the issue is there. this, right? It, it, this, this team did not have a roster issue, right? You make trades when you have a roster issue. Last yeah. year, you guys had a roster issue. Yeah. You don't have that this year. Yeah. Right? It's just player performances on, from the role players. Maybe. Exactly. And uh, coaching is another one. You don't fix that with trades. You can't fix yeah. that with trades. As simple so as that. So for me, simple as that, the players get healthy. Hopefully they perform like a guy like Gabe Vincent. Let's see what happens. Um, are they a top four team coming out of the West right now? Probably not. I still have the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Suns ahead of them for sure. The rest, they could be lumped in them if you need to. But yeah, no, let's see how it goes. I'm fine with it. My For me, Darvin Ham, you're probably on the hot seat as I'm staring at you on the TV right now. Down by nine. But... Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. That's the Lakers side of things. A couple of other players that we thought were going to get traded did not. Miles Bridges, who fresh coming off a 45-point game, apparently rejected any trade offer that was going to come for him. Yeah. So I'm a little surprised that he wants to stay in Charlotte. I He's, don't know how much of that is like personal life stuff, but... Man, who knows? That's one name that was surprised. The name that the Lakers were supposed to get that did not get traded. However, there were talks with the New Orleans Pelicans of something possibly being done was a DeJounte Murray. However, the Hawks apparently like overvalued him a lot. They as good as him. he is, I think they did like they like they wanted like two or three first round picks. They crusoed him. They they messiah jury him. Yeah. <laughs> they they did this they did this thing. Uh the thing the thing with the Hawks, the different story is that DeJounte Murray is gonna be on their team next year. Right? Whereas, you know, DeRozan isn't gonna be on the the Bulls next year or or has the potential of not being on the Bulls depending on contract. Like, there's no contract issue with DeJounte Murray. He's locked up. So, yeah. So, I'm, honestly, I'm I'm happy to do that. It it might be a blessing in disguise for the Hawks. I'm happy the Hawks did that. I I am, right? Like, there's no, you had the leverage. Yeah. Like, what's the point of getting rid of him for nothing? Yeah. That you think, right? Like, if you're in a high ball, this was a perfect but year if to you, If you were serious of actually trading him, then it looks bad on you. <laughs> That's the one way to put it. Yeah, no, they're trying to look for the best possible deal. They didn't get one. They have them. They have next year to do it. They have the offseason to do it. Okay, Raptor fan, you were probably most convinced if you guys were gonna make a trade, it would have been Bruce Brown and Chris Boucher instead of the trade that you guys. No, made I, I was convinced Schroeder was getting traded. I wasn't as convinced as these two though. I was convinced. So I was probably more. I was convinced of Bruce Brown and Dennis Schroeder more than Chris Boucher just because. Hey, you Canadian still have that ties. piece of that championship on your team still. Yeah. But uh, Bruce Brown, was. you guys were looking for a first, apparently, or even more. Uh, the Knicks were in talks of something like that. There was a mystery team. I think it was believed to be the Knicks. Obviously, the Knicks made that trade, so there was no reason for them to make a trade. So, he, but the thing with Bruce Brown is you have a team option. and uh, We're in control. And you're in control of that. You could flip him at the deadline if someone wants to pay him that 23, whatever his million, 20 million. Or he might go for the you let him go and someone will pick him up for the mid level most likely. Yeah, which was uh, was supposed to happen this year before the Pacers came in. Yeah, so there's no issues really with that either. But yeah, is that it? That's it for me. Um, buyouts. Buyouts. So yeah. now it's time for teams like Philadelphia and the Lakers to fill out some of their rosters. 
Um, some mm-hmm. names throughout there. I'll, I'll tell you when to stop. If there's some teams we could think of, off the bat. I'm just gonna start from the bottom and go up. Honestly, at this rate. Sure. Uh, starting off with there's 14 good ones. Number 14, Robin Lopez. Nah, not gonna talk much about him. Darius Young is on this list. Um, don't mind him. Like OKC, pick him up. Just be a vet guy. Just why That's not? It. Killian Hayes is on this list. Um, anyone should sign him. I think it's uh, it's uh, stop there for a sec. Seventh overall pick is getting waived. Yeah. Um, Who we thought was probably going to win rookie of the year. There's, there's, there's a, it's a potential pick, right? Like, yeah. uh, you should still go for him. He's a young guy. Yeah. Right. He's this, there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing wrong with going out, especially he's cheaper now. Daniel House is one. Uh, just a rotational piece somewhere. Some, sometimes could hit the three. Marcus Morris is another. That's a big one that I have to well, keep an eye out for. It could be a good ad. Same with Evan Fournier. Yeah. If anyone needs shooting. Joe Harris as well, shooting. Shooting. Um, Seth Curry, shooting. Shooting. Uh, James Booknight. Don't is, care. Yeah. He, he's kind of on the loose side of things. Furkan Korkmaz. Yeah, he could be a big fit somewhere. Shooting. <laughs> Not Yeah, shooting in general, yeah. yeah. Corey Joseph is one. Backup yeah. big. I mean, backup big. The backup point guard. Or just a... F- and now, yeah, now comes the big three, in my opinion. Marcus Morris should be higher on that list. Uh, starting off with number three. They listed Kyle Lowry, but I'm going to put Davis Bertans at number three. Uh, shooting <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, another one. Kyle Lowry and obviously Spencer Dinwiddie are the top two so guys. So off the bat, let's talk about this. As a Laker fan who's probably going to be in this market, I'm looking at shooting. I'm looking at Seth Curry. I'm looking at Davis Bertans if you want a little bit of size. And the problem with some of these guys are these are not 3 and D. If they were, they would be on an NBA roster. Simple as that. Yeah. Right? So... Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon is one name I forgot to mention that sh- probably could have been traded that did not get traded. I would have loved Malcolm Brogdon. Many teams would have. But outside of maybe Kyle Lowry on the defensive side of things, like, Davis Bertans, not that great defensively. That's why he's been flipped around a lot. I would have loved... I would love him for the shooting. He is a sharpshooter. I think he's nicknamed the laser for a reason. Uh, obviously, I'm looking at Seth Curry. I'm looking at Joe Harris. Joe Harris has been a weird one, though. So... Yeah, uh, any team that needs shooting, you have options there for sure. A lot of shooting. Um, I think PJ Tucker might join that list because the way oh, he's yeah. been complaining. He should. And uh, he hasn't even played. Exactly. And Marcus Morris in general, like it's not been that long where he. I'm not saying he was an all star, but I'm hoping he could find his form like his brother did in the Lakers, and he's supposedly better. I'm the Lakers. He wants vengeance on the Clippers. Maybe bring him on, right? Give him. Let's see how he does. Let's see how the attitude is. I don't know. Or even like. A team like the Suns, potentially, I wouldn't mind. Obviously, I would have said the Sixers, but the Sixers got rid of them. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm looking. Those are the some guys. Kyle, La- look, Spencer Dinwiddie is already favored to the Lakers. And I'm not saying he's DeJounte Murray. And I'm not saying he's he's sim- he's in that go- go- uh, Gordon Hayward, Hayward situation where his best years were with the orig- when he was originally on the Nets. Yeah. When he wore number eight and switched to 20. Uh, when he wore number eight, essentially. And switched to 26. Uh, 26. But then that was with Kyrie Irving. So number eight. The number eight just entered in with yeah. That helped him get to the playoffs. And we averaged 20 points a game. And then was traded. And was supposed to help Luka. But he did not do well. He did this decent. Year, he did decent. He I'll was say. like, meh. He wasn't, he wasn't the same. Was he the he same? He sucked in Washington, sorry. Yeah. He sucked in Washington. Yeah, he sucked in Washington. And yeah. wa- from Washington so to... For me... Washington to Dallas, the trade with Kristaps. He did decent in yeah. Dallas. So, obviously, you guys have him right now, and I think you guys have waived him or are about to waive him. Yeah. So, for me, Lakers are a good fit if you want another ball handler. Try to hopefully find his form. Kyle Lowry, for me, Philly's match made in heaven. Literally. You have leadership. You got Nick Nurse. 
you have a team that could potentially do well when Joel, if Joel Embiid comes back, and uh, hometown. That's not that's it, heaven. right? So I think that's where he should go. But again, I don't think Phoenix could get him. Otherwise, Phoenix would have been my other option, or maybe yeah, like not New not Orleans was yeah. the other one, right? That's about it, right? The rest, the rest of them. If you guys just need you need specialty and shooting, go get them. Lakers. I'm looking at you guys. I'm hoping you guys get Seth Curry in this case. Seth Curry moves a lot considering how good he is as a shooter, which is insane. That's but, crazy. But that's the buyout market. We'll keep you guys updated as the season goes on because some of these guys will get picked up pretty quick. And that is our trade deadline special episode. Recap, special episode, reactions. Comment your favorite trades down below. Your winners and losers. What do you guys think? Did your team make a trade? Did they not make a trade? Are you happy? Are you sad? Comment any everything down below. And um, we'll, we'll be reading those comments for sure. Uh other than uh, make sure you guys check our previous episode out we made our Super Bowl prediction there NBA tier list video should be coming out like around the all-star break around that time so make sure you guys check that as well once again we appreciate you guys for the support we had recently help us get to 400 subscribers if we haven't hit it already we're one away we're one away at this moment of recording so make sure you guys like comment and subscribe download the podcast on uh, audio platforms rate it and review it follow our socials link down below and we'll catch you guys on the next one Peace. Peace.